Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing possibilities. I'm your humble and very distracted and ADHD and all over the place host, Dave DeWitt. Okay, guys, today's going to be a great show because a listener asked a question, and that warms my heart. It fills me with joy of immense proportions. You have no idea. It makes me feel like, I don't want to sound needy here, but like you need me. You need me. So the question comes from a young lady named Rebecca, and she wrote, Hey, Dave, I'm a big fan of your podcast, and a warning that my question will be quite wordy. No worries, Rebecca. No worries. I was diagnosed with ADHD at 12, anxiety at 14, and I'm now 24. And I would consider myself a reformed impulse spender. Ooh, nice. Very nice. No longer impulse spender. I feel that I've been hyper fixating on saving and investing, which is impacting my ability to live in the moment. Ooh, I am studying finance and working in e-commerce, so I am constantly surrounded by financial concepts. I feel like I lack trust in myself due to poor decisions made in the past. Maybe like impulsive spending, I think you might be hinting at. My partner and I bring in about 70K after taxes and spend only about 30 to 35K. Impressive. And no debts. We want to add a car to our lives so that we can road trip, get outdoors more often, and travel more. I know this is the right move, but the idea of such an expensive purchase or extra bill is stressful to me. And I spend hours obsessing over financial calculators to determine our affordability. We are saving for a house, nice, and setting money aside for retirement, amazing. Any tips on making informed, non-fear-based, nor impulsive decisions regarding big-ticket items? I feel like I am a very black or white and obsessive thinker and struggle to stray from the rules that I've made for myself. Thank you, and thank you for what you do. It is great to have an ADHD voice in the personal finance sphere. Thank you for asking me a question. And I'm super excited, honestly, about this question because it's important. And it is less common, the less common struggle in people with ADHD, at least, you know, the many dozens, hundreds that I've talked to, less common than impulsive spending and getting into high interest debt, you know, credit cards. Those are usually the biggest issues. However, I would still say that this is a common issue in ADHD. I think the other thing, the, the impulse of spending and the credit cards gets all the glam and gets the, it, it's the biggest issue. So it gets a lot of the attention and people go right to that as a focus. And, but this is also something that people deal with. Um, and what you say, you know, a reformed impulse of spender. So, so that makes a lot of sense that now that you've gotten past a period in your life where you were impulsively spending, it makes sense for someone, as you say, who is a, what did you say? Black or white obsessive thinker. Okay, so if you're not impulsively spending, you're impulsively not spending. The black and white thinking will take you from one extreme to the other. So this makes sense based on what you're telling me. 
Now that you've gone past that, the pendulum would swing the other way. This makes sense, you know, to being more hypervigilant about your money. And as you obviously know, because you asked me a question about this, this can also be destructive. The opposite of impulsive spending can be destructive. While it's better, I would say it's arguably better than being an impulsive spender and getting yourselves into mountains of debt, because at the end of the day, keeping more of your money still provides you with things that are nice, like security and freedom and, and, and more peace of mind. If you're unable to spend it at all on yourself and enjoy life for today, when you've more than taken care of tomorrow or your plan for tomorrow is more than good, then it's important to make sure you treat yourself today because obviously today could be the last day. <laughs> you know, I don't, that sounded really terrible, but it could be. So you, you want to make sure that you still get to live today. You know, there's definitely a healthy balance that needs to be struck here. So I'm going to throw out some thoughts that just come to my mind, you know, from reading this. I don't want you to think that I'm insinuating that you are this or that. I'm not trying to, you know, box you in a corner or, you know, tell you what you are because I only know what you wrote. That's all I got. And I, of course, I have to make some assumptions to be able to throw out ideas. So, you know, I'm going to throw out a few different thoughts and ideas and stuff like that to see if any of it relates to you. And I'm hoping that by doing that, other people who are listening will also, I mean, you're, you're not the only one. There's other listeners, I'm sure, who actually have the same issue of being more money vigilant. So, Rebecca, from everything you said in this email, I think you most closely fit the profile of like the money vigilance money script, which is a money script is like an underlying money belief that gets expressed in how you behave with money or like, and this is similar to being potentially an underspender. Underspending is, and money vigilance is often driven by an irrational sort of subconscious anxiety or fear of making a mistake with your money. It can also be driven by this feeling of like a compulsive need or desire to be self-sacrificing, to not spend your money and, and hold on to it and not enjoy your life as much as you could because you're doing it for others, like maybe your partner or someone or future kids and whatever it could be, parents, siblings, friends. And sometimes maybe a sense of feeling somewhere deep down undeserving of enjoying a life for today. You know, I don't get the sense that you're necessarily any of those, but, you know, who knows? You know, my hunch for you would be that, and I can relate to this, so it feels extra real to me, that in your case, it might be related to the, the fear of going back to that place of powerlessness that comes with impulsive spending. Because it can be, because impulsive spending, when you have lost control and you're just doing it, can be very stressful and lead to those feelings of, of just a lack of control, lack of you know, powerlessness really is the word. So from your message, I get the sense that you are trying to exert complete control over every little financial decision. And obviously, it seems like you've, for a bigger decision, it's kind of leading you to the um, maybe a little bit of paralysis by analysis, being hyper-cautious over decisions and spending. And this is normal ADHD and really human reaction to start putting up these walls and boundaries to avoid feeling that loss of control um, and those feelings of guilt and shame that may have cropped up from past periods of impulsive spending. You also say you are studying finance and are surrounded by financial topics 
and that you're obsessing over affordability calculators and things like that. So my feelings on that is that, yes, studying finance in this instance could potentially be making this more difficult for you because maybe there's a sense of some level of pride or fear of making a mistake. How could I make a mistake like that? Knowing what I know now that I'm educated in finance, maybe you feel more obligated or you feel you feel like you have to make the right decision and messing up will be more painful to deal with. I can relate to that. I've felt I have felt that myself being very much in this world of finance. I know what it's like to feel the guilt or the shame of acting against one's deeply ingrained knowledge um, and, and hurting yourself knowingly or subconsciously knowingly, not always, not always conscious when you're hurting yourself, it's subconscious. And that's kind of where the, you know, in my opinion, a lot of the guilt and shame comes up from, it comes up from deep inside, um, your, your inner knowledgeable, smart, and really wanting for what's right. Part of you is often being neglected by the, the executive sort of CEO of our brain, which is you know, needs to get fired, but we just can't because it's our brain. So, so I'm, I'm curious, I'd be curious to know if you relate to that, if being close to the financial world is making financial decisions in your personal life harder. I feel like that could be a possibility for you. So let's answer the question. Buying the car for things that you like to do. I think to feel confident that you're making a healthy decision for someone like you who's kind of more money vigilant, who's who's feeling obliged to hold on to money or whatever it is, so I think for you to feel confident you are making a healthy decision, it's important to have a tangible grasp of how the decision will impact your overall financial picture and potential. So any given financial affordability calculator that you could throw at me, your brain is asking for, like, there's not enough variables in there to, to show you how everything will be affected by this decision. So with that said, to make this decision, I would want you to first make sure that you have your other very important foundational bases covered. So for instance, do you have an emergency fund that is appropriately funded? You and your partner, it sounds like you both work. And if your jobs are very stable, then perhaps three months worth of living expenses would be a suitable emergency fund for you guys. Of course, there is no harm in building something bigger than that to the point that you feel secure. But then after the emergency fund, you want to look at your other goals that you're, you've already thought about and already are saving for, which is amazing. You're only 24 and you're doing all this, which is amazing. So you should really be, first of all, be giving yourself a pat on the back and, and be nice to yourself about how you're doing because that's awesome. Saving for the house and retirement. So for the house. Is buying this car going to impact your timelines on those? You need to figure out how much the car is going to cost. Does it fit in nicely every single month? And also, my question would be, how did you decide how much to set aside for retirement? So you're saving for retirement. Did you do a retirement savings calculator to decide how much you were going to be adding to a retirement fund every month? That put you on a track to be where you wanted to be at whatever age. So if that's what you did and you're you're saving the correct amount for retirement, and things like that can always be adjusted down the line if, if things need to be, but if the amount you're saving for retirement and investing for re- retirement is reasonable to reach your goals, then you should feel good about that. And if buying the car allows you to, 
doesn't stop you from continuing that, then you should feel good about that. And if buying the car doesn't stop you from saving for the house, feel good about that. If it does hurt the house, I mean, the retirement to me is a priority. The house is very important too. The car is probably third on that list. So you'd probably want, well, it depends. It's up to you. Maybe the car is more important because you want the adventure now and the house can wait. So it's up to you to decide that. But if all three things can fit, no problem, then you know where I'm going with that. The big thing here is cash flow. You know, that's the overarching consideration. Of course, you want to look at the car purchase and what's the monthly expense going to be for the car. And then really make sure you look at the associated costs as well. So you're going to need to get gas. There will be some maintenance. I mean, are you buying a new car? Are you buying an old car? Are you leasing? Like what, how, how are you doing the car purchase? So that might change how much maintenance will be every year. Look at the mileage, you know, I mean, not the mileage, look at the miles, the efficiency of the car. And then look at how much you actually want to travel and explore what kind of costs those might bring. The more that you sort of bring into the fold every single associated cost and financial impact from the decision, and you can analyze and make sense of all, all of them and feel good that it's all going to work out, then you should feel great about the decision. So I think looking at things at an holistically as a whole and bringing in all the outside information is much more important than just doing using any given financial calculator. And lastly, I would say, look at this in the context of conservative future income assumptions. And so if you do some analysis on this and you use very conservative future income and, it's, and it works out, then this is a home run idea. I'm just gonna say it. If all of these things check out, then I don't see any risk in buying this car so you can do things that you like and value. Traveling, adventuring, getting out of the house, you know, that's important. So we gotta we gotta prioritize our, our own joy and happiness for today. It's just that so often with ADHD, it's stunned in complete spite of our future. In your case, it's a different story. So I do hope this helps. I love that you're focused on your finances. That's impressive. Remember to keep and try and keep a healthy balance. You know, the money vigilance sort of money script is best represented by Ebenezer Scrooge. He's the prototypical underspender to a fault, the cranky old guy with a ton of money but lives miserably. He hoards it all, has no fun. He eats bad food. He he just is mean to people and, and he's greedy and selfish. Of course, he comes around, but he is overly money vigilant to a fault. He is what you do not want to become. So remember, if all of your goals are covered and you have an emergency fund and you're on track with other things, there should be no resistance to spending money on things you value. You know, tomorrow is not promised, but tomorrow is probable. So we don't want to forget about it, but it's not promised. Live for today. Hope that answers your question and talk to you guys in a couple weeks. 